It is the last Monday of the month, which means it is the question of the month. And before we get to that, I do want to take just a second to say, I swear every time I've been doing this, and I've been doing this for a while, I always go to the folder where people upload or I go to Pod Inbox, which is another service I use. And I swear I'm expecting to see absolutely nothing but cobwebs. So thanks to everyone who answers today's question and I left it wide open, and I'm so glad I did because we got some really interesting answers, and that is, what is your favorite podcasting tool? And if you go, do you mean like software, hardware, like no, no whatever it is, what's your favorite? We're going to hear about it today. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting Sense 2005. I'm your award-winning Hall of Fame personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, we talk about all things podcasting, from planning to growing to monetizing, all points in between. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. If you want to throw in a slash listener, so schoolofpodcasting.com slash listener, that will save you on either a monthly or yearly subscription, and I'll tell you more about that a little later. But yeah, I always wonder what we're going to get, and I left this one completely open. And the reason for that is, number one, to see what people value in a way. And it's weird because as I listened to these, I was like, oh, no, that's my favorite. And then somebody else said, oh, no, that's my favorite. And so, but I do have one that I thought about, and I'll, I'll explain mine in a bit. But uh, Scott not only told us his particular favorite from What Was That Like, but he gave us a little lesson on how to have better interviews. Check this out. Hey, Dave, this is Scott Johnson. I started thinking about the tool that's most valuable to me as a podcaster. I use a bunch of them. But as I considered that question, I realized that the most important tool for me is not a piece of gear or a piece of software. It's the pre-chat conversation that I have with my guest. Most of my guests are not public speakers, and they don't get interviewed. They just happen to have this one weird thing happen to them so they're coming on my show to tell that story. In fact, the conversation that, that they have with me might be the only interview they've ever had. So in a lot of cases, they're nervous. They don't know what to expect. They don't know if they're going to say the right words. Just all kinds of things for them to be anxious about. So when I'm communicating with them initially, I tell them what I'd like to do is schedule a pre-chat to make sure the audio quality is okay. And this isn't even on the same day we record. It's a few days earlier than that. So we connect for the pre-chat on Squadcast, so we can hear each other, we can see each other, and we have just kind of a test run before the real thing. When I first started doing this with guests, it really was just for the purpose of checking their audio quality, and that definitely is an important part of it. But what I found that's just as important is that it lowered their stress level about the, how the whole thing works. When we connect to do the actual recorded conversation, We've already kind of done this. They've clicked the Squadcast link. They've already spoken to me face-to-face, -face, even though we're not in the same room. They just kind of know what to expect, and that means they're not as nervous. And when someone is more comfortable, they're much more willing and able to be transparent and vulnerable when telling their story. And that's a big factor when we're dealing with this kind of content. My podcast is called What Was That Like? And each episode is a conversation with someone who's been through something extremely unusual, like getting trampled by an elephant, witnessing a murder, or being trapped in a hotel room on your wedding day. Hi, Jaina. I know she listens to your show. 
The guest comes on the show and tells the story of what happened firsthand. You can find it on any app or at whatwasthatlike.com. Thank you, Scott. And I'll have links to everybody's shows because you're going to want to go hear Scott's show at schoolofpodcasting.com. We'll have links to everything mentioned. So like in that one, he mentioned Squadcast. So there'll be a link to what was that like and a link to Squadcast. Again, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 881. Hey, Dave, it's Matt Rafferty. I hope you had a great time in London. I wish I could have been there with you. So what is the one tool that I like to use when I'm putting together my podcast? The tool that I really thoroughly enjoy using is Canva. I like making a 16 by 9 graphic, uh, a unique one for each episode. And then I upload that to Libsyn and then it gets published to my YouTube channel. And my thought is that I'll have a different one for each podcast episode so that it looks unique. And then if you happen to see it and you're not familiar with the podcast, it may catch your attention. So I I generally like to have some large text and either a photo of the guest or a close-up of something related to what the subject was that we were talking about, you know, getting your getting your book in front of an audience or writing and I'll show a close-up of a of a laptop or something. So Canva, Canva at Canva.com is the thing that I really enjoy. You can check out some of my artwork. Uh, you can go to the author inside you.com and scroll through. I have the images there with each episode, or you can go to YouTube and search for the author inside you. And then you'll see, uh, the various thumbnails that I made with Canva. And I just think it's a lot of fun putting together a cool different graphic for each episode. All right, Dave, thank you very much. Oh, it's Matt Rafferty, and I'm a co-host of The Author Inside You, where we help authors write and publish and promote their books. It's all about motivation, getting that book done and getting it out to your audience. So thanks, Dave. Thank you for everything you do, and thanks for taking my answer to the question of the month. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, London was a blast. I'll be talking about that in a future episode, and currently I am my body has no idea when it's supposed to sleep. I was supposed to wake up today. I could have slept in as long as I want. And my body's like, hey, it's six in the morning. Why not get up? And I'm like, Cause you like so yeah, eventually that will, uh, you know, work itself out. But one thing, did you hear what Matt just did? This is a great strategy. If you're, especially for travel podcasters that have all sorts of pictures of great places they've been, talk about the photo and say, oh, it's available at my website. Because somebody's going to go, well, I want to see what Matt did with Canva. It's a great strategy to get people to your website, and once they're on their website, they can follow, subscribe, join your newsletter, buy something, all that stuff. It's all about getting them to your website, and that's a fun strategy. Hi, Dave and my fellow podcasters. Lewis Goodman here from the Love Thy Lawyer podcast, where we talk with lawyers about their lives and careers. You can find all of our episodes at lovethylawyer.com. Love Thy Lawyer, like Love Thy Neighbor, all one word, lovethylawyer.com. Now that I'm almost done shamelessly plugging my podcast, I'll plug my original Roadcaster Pro as the single most important tool that I use. Like most of us, I use an array of hardware, software, and editing tools to produce my podcast. But the Roadcaster really stands out. It looks good. It feels good. It's easy to use. It has an enormous number of built-in features, 
and it's surprisingly intuitive. Most importantly, it has bailed me out of trouble on more than one occasion. No matter what platform I'm using to connect, the roadcaster records a backup. No matter what, and oftentimes that recording turns out better than the highly touted software that's plugged into it. And once in a while, it is the backup track on the roadcaster that is still there when all else seems lost in the cloud. I have the original Roadcaster Pro and have never had a need or desire to go to the Roadcaster Pro 2. I'm sure that's a wonderful instrument as well. I've just never used it. Thanks, Dave, for all you do, for your unending enthusiasm, your support of independent podcasters, and the assistance that you've given me. I'm a proud multi-year member of the School of Podcasting, and I'm happy to support the school and the podcast. I said at the beginning that I was almost done shamelessly promoting my podcast. So please check out the Love Thy Lawyer podcast at lovethylawyer.com and find out what practicing attorneys really do and think and get some insight into how they got there. I'm Lewis Goodman. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Lewis. Yeah, the uh, the Roadcaster, just because the Roadcaster 2 came out, it wasn't like the Roadcaster 1 became a piece of uh, caca overnight. I was at the uh, the podcast show London, and I got to actually hear the new pod mic that is USB. And in a nutshell, if you run that via USB, they have what amounts to the Roadcaster built into that microphone with all the effects and stuff. I'll be talking about that in a future episode, but just a little heads up. Hey, this is Dr. Sarah Clark from the Kind Leadership Challenge, where I empower educational leaders to heal their organizations in 10 minutes a week. I'm going to take what might be a slightly different angle on your question, because the best tool I've found in my podcasting, my day job, and life in general is delegation, whether it's to a tool or a person. Let me explain. I'm in my 10th year as a podcaster, and for about the first eight years of that, I was all in on audacity for editing. But around the time I launched the Kind Leadership Challenge podcast in early 2022, I was turned on to Descript. And at first, I was a snob about it. There's less functionality, it wasn't as easy to do certain tricks with it, and generally, I felt I was too good an editor to need such a basic tool. But since many people were singing its praises, I stuck with it for a couple of episodes. And I realized that once I got used to it, I could produce my relatively simple podcast in less time and less stress than Audacity and get close to the same quality out the other end. So I switched to Descript for the Kind Leadership Challenge and haven't looked back. Fast forward a few months. Life was getting more hectic, and things were picking up with the coaching business that the Kind Leadership Challenge supports. I realized to get to the next level with my side hustle, I needed the four hours a week I was spending on editing more than I needed the money I was saving by being my own editor. So I reached out to a podcast editing agency, podcastboutique.com, and after a test run, handed over the reins. It was hard at first to let go, but I quickly found their product was as good, if not better, than mine. 
And more importantly, I now have more time to focus on generating business and serving my audience. But I want to reiterate that my favorite tool isn't Descript or Podcast Boutique, though they're both awesome. My favorite tool is a mindset where I am clear on my ultimate goal, focus on the activities to get me to that goal as efficiently as possible, and the willingness to delegate or streamline to maximize the time I spend on those most important activities. And now that I think of it, there's probably an episode of the Kind Leadership Challenge on this topic, too. Thanks for the inspiration. Again, this is Dr. Sarah Clark from the Kind Leadership Challenge. If you or someone you know is a leader who wants to build a better world without burning out, check out my show at kindleadershipchallenge.com. Thank you, Sarah. I appreciate you thinking outside the box. I was just reading this in a book called Listenable by Burt Weiss. Links in the show notes, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 881. But he mentions a book called Procrastinate on Purpose It's by Rory Vaden. He talks about the 30X rule. And it basically says you spend 30X the amount of time training someone to do a task than it would to take you to do the task yourself one time. Multipliers know that at any task that takes you five minutes per day times 250 working days in a year is 1,250 total minutes that we spent on that task over the course of a year. So investing 150 minutes, which is 30X times five, in training someone to do a task that takes five minutes a day is still very effective use of your time. The reason is because if you divide 150, you know, the time spent on training, into 1100, that's the net amount of time it saves you over the course of a year after you deduct the time you spent training, then that delegation yields what we refer to as a 733% return on investment. Yeah, said the guy that doesn't delegate anything, but it definitely has me thinking. Well, Dave, you did say that this question is wide open. You said, what's your favorite asset? I'm so glad I have this. You also said, what's your favorite tool? But he's been called worse than that. It's my co-host, my co-host Reza, who is a good friend. And he's been working with me on the podcast weekly for, well, since 2014. So many years. And yeah, you know, if, if one day audacity goes away and I have to switch to another door like Hindenburg Pro or Adobe Audition, then okay, it's a learning curve. If Canva goes away, then yeah, I'll probably find something else to do show art with. If my microphone breaks, I'll, I'll go buy another one. But I've often thought about what would happen one day if, if Reza said to me, I don't want to do this podcast anymore, Craig, which I would understand because I don't pay him. We don't make any money directly from the podcast. I probably would get another co-host, but it would not be the same. Something special would be lost. And that's just not me thinking that. We have had feedback and we've had people saying that they like the chemistry between us. So that's it. My co-host is the one thing that I would really struggle to do without if he went away. My name's Craig and Reza and I help people who are not native English speakers. We help them to improve their English. And you can find the podcast over at our website, inglespodcast.com, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And I was lucky enough to hang out with Craig on his birthday. 
That was fun. And Craig has a really cool Because of My Podcast story coming up. And uh, if you have one of those, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact and uh, let me upload your answer however you want to get it there. We're always looking to have someone answer the question because of my podcast, blank. And the blank is, well, that wouldn't have happened except I have a podcast. Hi, Dave. This is York from Welcome to Earth Stories, a sci-fi anthology series. Welcome to Earth Stories is more than just another audio fiction that focuses on sound effects and music. I do that as well, but I go one step further. I talk about stories. Some of them are far out. At the same time, they have an earthly feeling to it. And also, every episode, there's commentary of how we could apply some of the stories into our lives. Season 6 is starting up later on this year. You could go ahead and listen to all the other seasons on Welcome to Earth Stories. Dot com. Now, you gave a really hard one, Dave, about just one tool. But if I were to pick one tool, it would be the isotope. This is a game changer for me. Because my show, Welcome to Earth Stories, relies on different audio effects. Isotope is everything that I need. It's all right there, all laid out for me. So I don't have to go to this plugin and, and that plugin over there. Everything is right there from different sound effects with my voice, from different audio editing as well, and DSs, and noise cancellation. The works is all right there. The price tag for this was a little bit of a stumbling block. I thought about it for a while, and I said, is my show worth it? Yeah, it is. It is definitely worth the price of what I'm spending on the isotope. So yeah, that's my one tool. Thanks, Dave, for the question of the month. This is York on WelcomeToEarthStories.com. Thank you, York. And lest anyone believe, since I work for Libsyn.com, use the coupon code SOPFREE to get a free month at Libsyn.com. And there are people that think, ah, that show's just a show for Libsyn. I give you Allison. Hi, Dave. This is Alison Price from the Starzology Astrology Podcast. That's S-T-A-R-Z-O-L-O-G-Y. My website is starzology.com. I started my podcast last month. It is about supporting aspiring astrologers to help them polish their readings. I also teach astrology classes and do consultations. My favorite tool for podcasting is my host Buzzsprout because I couldn't do it without them. I discovered Buzzsprout through Sean Cannell at Think Media. To be honest, the only other tool I have is my Rode Podcaster microphone in white. But as yet, I'm still learning how to use it for good audio. Only this morning I had to Google the word reverb after I heard you mention it on one of your shows. Dave, thanks for all you do in our community. I now follow the School of Podcasting and I am enjoying working through your back catalogue. And as a thank you, I would like to offer yourself and one of your listeners a complimentary astrology reading. Let me know if you are interested. Thanks for sharing a part of your day with me. Love, Allison. Thank you so much, Allison. Yeah, Buzzsprout just announced that they have added an AI component. Now, this is an additional fee, but it will come up with titles, suggested chapters for you, a bunch of other stuff. 
And uh, there were some announcements when I was over in London. Uh, again, I'll be talking about those. Today we're talking about tools, but thank you so much for that, Allison. I deeply appreciate it. And now we're going to have what they call on radio a twin spin. Hi, Dave. This is Fred Gaffney, the podcaster for podcastreporter.com, as well as 2030podcast.com, and thestrugglingbiz.com also have a fun podcast. It's a hobby. It's called grumpyoldbears.com. What's the tool that I, or the asset that I'm happy to have for podcasting? And that is, for me, Audacity. Yes, this free software, which is two things. It's a recording tool and also an editing tool. It's been around for a long time, and I've been podcasting for 17 years, and I started using this tool in 2005, 2006, still using it today, and I'm awed by all the features that it has and the maintenance that that, uh, people have given it. And even though I've had other recording tools and I've used them, I always come back to Audacity. It's not because of the price. Obviously, it's a free tool. It's not because of the price. It's because of the features and also It's the first one I learned, and I just built my podcasting skills around it. So I wanted to let you know this is the tool that I appreciate the most because it is allowing me to use my skills and grow my skills in podcasting. Yes, I've even taken a couple of courses, online courses, for using this tool. One from Steve Stewart and another one recently, and guess what? I'm still surprised at the myriad of features that it has, and I haven't even touched upon them. So. My favorite asset or tool is Audacity. I'm happy to have this, and I wanted to thank you for providing me this uh, this capability of telling people what a wonderful tool Audacity can be, not just for the novice, but also for the seasoned podcaster like myself. 17 years in podcasting. Anyway, thank you very much, Dave. Keep up the good work. I appreciate the School of Podcasting. Airborne, all the way. And I just wanted to throw in here, I'm not sure what happened, but when Fred's file showed up, because Fred, as he said, has been podcasting for 17 years, and I realized he sounds kind of muffled there. The file that came through was in not great shape, and I was able to kind of boost up the volume, erase a lot of hiss and things like that. So uh, I'll have links to all his shows out at uh, schoolofpodcasting.com slash 881. And uh, continuing on, uh, Alex, I'll take Audacity for 200. Hi, Dave. What is my favorite tool that I use in my podcast production? Without a doubt, it's Audacity, an open-source digital audio editor and recording application software. This is Mark Vinette from the History of North America podcast, where I explore the wonderful and tragic stories of North America's inhabitants, heroes, villains, leaders, environment, and geography at markvinette.com. Thank you, Mark. And when Steve Stewart sent this in, I was like, that's my favorite tool, B- but it's not. You'll hear mine in a bit. Hey, SOP family, it's Steve Stewart from stevestewart.me, where I edit podcasts for people who don't want to do it themselves. I want to share with you a tool that I've been using for years, and it's totally worth the money. It's for Windows and Mac. It's called Text Expander. Text Expander has saved me so much time. What you do is in Text Expander, the app, you create text expander snippets. You say, for this letter, number, symbol combination, I want you to do this. So let's say I want to have something that will quickly and easily enter my address. So I've created a text expander snippet for AAD. And anytime I type in AAD, it automatically enters my address. My name, SSS, I just, three letters S in a row, and it opens up and it just types in my full name, which is great. 
But then you can go and do some really complicated things like longer form descriptions. Like let's say you're filling out an application to submit to speak somewhere and they want your bio. Guess what you do? BBIO, bio, or any combination of letters and numbers that you dictate and your whole bio just right there, 150 characters or 300 or 3000, whatever you want. Really cool. Affiliate links. You know how complicated those are. You can create a text expander so you can easily share your affiliate links really quickly, either in a, a blog post, in a, a Facebook message, uh, you're typing up a Word document, you're putting it into an HTML code that opens up in a new link, whatever. Fantastic. Hex codes for colors. I use this all the time when I'm creating things in Canva and I want to pull up the right color code. I just, I have it in the Canva app and boop, 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 type it in really quick. Oh, and this is, this is probably one I use the most. So I track the work I do for my clients in Google Sheets. Each client has their own Google Sheet. So what I do is I create a text expander snippet. And then when I want to open up that client's Google Sheet to track, you know, the episode and how long the, the uh, how many minutes there were in that episode, and that dictates how much I charge them, then I type in this code and it opens up that Google spreadsheet in the browser. Boom. Amazing. So I'll just type in like uh, for money tree investing, I do MTI track, M-T-I-T-R-A-C, and it opens up a Google spreadsheet for that tracking. S-B-T-R-A-C opens up the Stacking Benjamin's tracking sheet. A-A-T-R-A-C opens up afford anything track and, and all I have to do is kind of remember that combination and it's not like I'm typing in SBTRAC in anywhere else so it opens up in a browser pretty easily and you can even tell it not to open up anywhere except in a browser so if you're typing it in a word doc it doesn't work but if you're typing it into a browser window that's when it works I use it for my clients media player codes once I've scheduled their episode and I just have the exact same HTML code in Text Expander, and all I have to do is change the eight-digit number for that episode. So when I'm done uploading and scheduling in Libsyn, I grab that eight-digit number, I go to an email, open up an email, type in the address of my client, type in this code, this Text Expander code for the HTML uh, media player, and then all I have to do is copy that eight-digit number and paste it over the one that's in that code in the email. That way they've got their brand, their options, it's the exact same media player, for their next blog post, and boom, it has that episode in it. Whew. Oh, and you can do images, uh, Excel formulas. I mean, any combination of letters and numbers, and I think symbols too, you could do, then Text Expander is going to save you a ton of time. So if you find yourself typing the same things multiple times in a day or you know even a week, long-form stuff in a week, like template stuff for email, Text Expander is totally worth it. Go check it out. Text Expander for Windows and Mac, and I think for iPhone too, although I haven't really looked into that very extensively. Thanks for the opportunity to share that tool, Dave. I really do love Text Expander, and I think a lot of people will too. See ya! Thank you, Steve, and I agree with Steve. That is a game changer of an app, and I know you might be thinking, how hard is it to just type your address? No, it speeds things up, and you find all sorts of fun things to do it. I know for me, I have to put in some code to do some of the podcasting 2.0 stuff, and I did the code once, and I basically hit a little, I think in this case, I just type in hashtag chapters and it spits in a bunch of code. I copy and paste something for an MP3 file. I'm here to tell you, text expander. I, I agree with Steve. Really, 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 really great tool. Hey, what's up, Dave and Phil listeners to the School of Podcasting. I am Chris and I am from Podtastic Audio. You can find me at podtasticaudio.com. And to answer your question about what is my absolute favorite tool, I know that's a broad question, you know, because lots of different things people can say, different elements and tools and hardware and all this great stuff. 
But the one thing that I always go back to, the one thing that I use to create multiple shows and multiple things is the Emmy Award winning Clean Feed. Now, you can find them at cleanfeed.net. Now, more than just recording interviews using Clean Feed end-to-end anywhere in the world with crystal clear audio, you see you can record your own podcast directly into it, whether it's you and a guest, you and yourself, you and your uh, partner, whatever, directly into the thing live. And it gets better because you can add elements live into the recording. I'm talking clips, sound effects, music, whatever you want, just like you can on the Rodecaster. But better than the Rodecaster is that you can do it right there in the browser, just clicking the button on your mouse, moving it around. In fact, when I had the uh, kids of mine would do a podcast, they like to do it with Clean Feed because I can upload Clean Feed with all these crazy sound effects. You know, kids, when they get on a podcast, and they have sound effects in front of them, you know They're just pushing buttons and having a great time, and they love doing it with that. So I love using CleanFeed for all the multiple purposes I can use it for, and it gets even better. You see, when I do radio stuff, I can do use it for radio broadcasting and record radio shows directly into it live, and it all sounds fantastic. In fact, that's what it's designed for. That's what it's been used for. They won the Emmy for actually using it with film and uh, movie production. You'll have an actor in one city, and you'll have the recording studio in another city, and they'll record their lines using CleanFeed. It's phenomenal. You can use it for voiceover work. In fact, use it for that. And it gets even better because now recently, I use it to record my client's show live for them. You see, they're not here with me. I bring them all in with CleanFeed, multi-track recording, everybody on the call, has their own audio track. I can adjust everything on my end and record everything on my end. My clients, all they have to do is show up and talk. I highly recommend getting clean feed and using it. And I know it's audio only. Some people like to see each other. I think you mentioned that too, that if you can't see the other person talking, it kind of throws you off. Don't worry about that because if you want to, you can set up your own video chat on the side and still use CleanFeed to capture the really high-quality audio. You just got to make sure that you mute all microphones on the video software, and you can still use CleanFeed as long as your internet can hold up. That is my favorite tool, and happy podcasting. Thank you, Chris. And we have somebody else with a very popular choice. This is Zoe Richardson from Backlick Cinema. As I look around at all my equipment, my computer, headphones, my Zoom PodTrack P4, my nice Samsung Q9U, I have to say that the thing that I find most indispensable is the Audacity DAW. In an age where every software developer wants to charge a subscription fee or otherwise charge you hundreds of dollars for their product, it's a miracle all the things that Audacity is capable of as a free open source app. It's an incredible find, and I couldn't do this work without it. That was an excellent question, Dave. Thank you. You can find me at Backlick Cinema, the podcast, where I talk about the movies that I loved when I was growing up in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Check out our site at backlickcinema.com. Zoe, you know I love you. I say this with love. The transcription got it wrong, and it took me a a second to figure this out, and I finally looked for Zoe Richardson podcast. And when you say back, look cinema, 
you're saying it very fast because you know it's backlick cinema. Backlick cinema. But it comes out sounding like backlicks, like backlick cinema. Just we love your website and you don't get any points for saying it fast. So go check out Zoe at backlookcinema.com. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you what my favorite tool is, and I use it almost every day, much like Canva, much like Tax Expander. I love Studio Sound and Descript, but the reason I love this tool is it's saving me money and it's letting me know exactly what my audience is interested in right after this. So my tool is a link shortener, and this is on a website called AppSumo. And if you just go to supportthisshow.com slash switchy, and switchy is S-W-I-T-C-H-Y. Now, why do I like this tool? I'll give you a classic example. This just happened. I know Deidre from CapShow, and I'm affiliate for CapShow. And she emailed and said, hey, we switched affiliate platforms. We're using a new, more robust thing for their affiliate program. Here's your new link. Now, because I'd use Switchy on everything that I ever mentioned about CapShow, instead of having to go to all those pages where I mentioned it, I went to Switchy and said, don't use this link anymore. Use this one. So what it does is like when you go to supportthisshow.com slash Switchy, you will see where it redirects to the AppSumo website using my affiliate link. So what I can do then is see how many people click on this, which then helps me gauge what my audience is looking for. I'll give you another example. I'm playing with Buzzsprout ads, and I have done this a couple of times. This is my third attempt, and I saw where they give you the ability to put a link into your Apple, you know, your show on Apple, your show on Spotify, and then a link to whatever the heck you're promoting. So that's a link to the School of Podcasting. And I'm able to see that so far my ad has been running for, I'm going to say, a couple of weeks. And what I did this time was I picked a couple of shows that I thought had a pretty good job of, you know, basically relating to the School of Podcasting. These might be people that actually want to start a podcast. So as I look at my current uh, campaign, I've had 1,341 downloads out of 10,000 downloads. So I spent, this was, I think, 200 bucks. And I looked at it and I said, I'm not going to let just any shows. I only want this to go on a couple of shows. So those will, their listeners will be able to hear my ad multiple times, which is what you want. And so I was like, okay, it's targeted. I've got a good ad. And then I went into Switchy and I made links for all those. So I can see where, I've heard, they've heard my ad 1,341 times. I've had three clicks to my Apple link, two clicks to Spotify, and 13 links to the School of Podcasting sales page. So I've had 18 links or clicks, I should say, and I've got a ways to go. I'm only basically 1% done with this, but that's just another example. So if you're using Linktree, not a huge fan of that, but you could make your own link tree if you want to do things with QR codes. So I could put a QR code to anything and it makes it. And then here's the beauty of it is later you can go in 
and change that link that you're going to. So here's an example. I, at one point was, and still am now, but I was an affiliate for a whatever product it was. It really doesn't matter. And the company went out of business. And so here I was, I had multiple episodes where I'd mentioned a product and it didn't exist anymore. And I thought, well, you know, it's still in the show notes. And rather than going back and re-recording things, I found a similar product and just updated the link. So when people went to link A, my redirect, instead of going to the old one that was out of business, pointed at a new one. So I use this all the time and it makes it easy. Now, the thing I just noticed is I was going over to, because you're like, okay, Dave, enough. Like, how much is this? It's $39. It's a one-time payment. And with that, you get eight custom domains, 30,000 clicks a month. I have no idea what I get a month. Nothing even close to that. You could get this for $39, one-time payment. And they have a 60-day money-back guarantee. I think I did the two-tier, which is 60,000 clicks, and you have 10 smart pages. That's the you know, the link tree. And if you want to share this with other team members, you can. It's an amazing tool. And I only use probably half of the features in it. And that's why I love AppSumo because sometimes I find stuff like this. And then other times I hate AppSumo because I buy things every time I go over there. Usually what AppSumo is, is it's a new company that needs a lot of users And sometimes that means you end up with things that might be a little, it's not so much that they're buggy. A lot of times you have a question, they get a a giant amount of people that join at one time and they're just not ready in support land. I've done that with a couple products. Now they always take care of you and AppSumo is very good at making sure that they're not scamming anyone. So you are going to get working software, things like that. So it's usually either up and coming software or one that's been around and for whatever reason, they need more people. But uh, AppSumo was a fun place, but just beware. It's one of those things where you go, ooh, ooh, look at that. And so I could have said Text Expander. I use that every day. I could have said Canva. Man, I'm with Matt. Here's the thing, a tip with uh, Canva is you can set up these things called templates, and they have a really good system. If you go over to canva.com, it's free, by the way. I use the pro version, and I it's almost nothing. And it saves me so much time, but I make a a template and then I just go in and I say, Hey, bring up the template. I say, yes, I want to use it. And then I just tweak it, but it's got all my color set. I update the uh, episode number on it, throw in a graphic and we're done. I mean, literally my album artwork for some of my shows is done in literally three minutes or less. And that really depends on how picky you're going to get about the picture. I will have links to all this stuff out at schoolofpodcasting.com slash 881. Thanks for everyone who sent in their answers. I really do appreciate that because I'm always, I've just figured this is going to be the time I'm going to open up the folder and there's just not going to be anything there. So I really do appreciate you guys contributing in. I know we're almost at the end, but please don't hit skip yet because I do want to take a second to realize that, hey, you just listened to 40 minutes of a podcast and your time is really valuable, and I never take that for granted. I am going to do an episode in the future about a previous episode I did that I really, really hate. In fact, I might actually re-record it, and I'll explain why. But while we're talking about previous episodes of the podcast, let's talk about future episodes of the podcast. If you have an idea, 
I get a lot of ideas from members of the School of Podcasting and from Reddit and Facebook groups and things like that. But if you'd really like me to talk about a subject, I do this show for you to help you plan, launch, and grow your podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. And while you're out there, of course, you can join the School of Podcasting. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save on either a monthly or yearly subscription. Until next week, take care. God bless. Class is dismissed. 